Techno Babble Hi, welcome to Techno Babble, the information podcast about all that's great and wonderful in technology, what's coming up, what's coming around the corner, what's in development, what's it going to do to change the world, and can we make fun of it? I am your host, Mike King. Joining me is my other host and producer, Richard Reeder. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to say hello? Or anything, just, you know, <laughs> rather than dead air. Hello, Mike? Oh, yes. Hello, Mike? I can't hear you. You better. Mike? I can't hear you. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> you Verizon douche. <laughs> uh, so, what's the theme of today's episode, Rich? Well, this week, I thought we would try to focus on uh, Mobile World Congress, which is a big conference that uh, just passed by uh, a little over a week ago, probably two weeks ago by the time our listeners hear this. Uh, But basically, it's once a year where all of the leading manufacturers of mobile devices, usually uh, mostly centered on um cell phones and tablets uh you know like that's where they usually release the new samsung s phone or whatever um but uh this year there was a couple of other interesting things and i thought that we would do a little top five it's been a little while since we've done a top five so top five mobile world congress from mike and rich sweet so you want to kick this off or should i uh go for it okay well I don't know if we've uh, discussed what kind of hardware I'm rocking, but I have a Samsung Galaxy S3. Now, that was... (sighs) (laughs) Who needs a mixer? (laughs) No, that wasn't the mixer. That was just me. (laughs) I didn't find anything on the fly that would convey such abject disappointment. (laughs) I mean, give me five minutes, I'll probably find like a Venture Brothers clip or something, but... So, I have an S3, and uh, I've had like some vague curiosity, like how much could they actually improve the damn phone? Because, you know, I've got my problems with it, but the damn thing functions. So, one of the things that showed up was the Galaxy S7. Now, apparently there were some problems with the S6, and this has uh, made made its own uh, way to challenge that. Now, it says that the, uh, the Samsung Galaxy S7 will look a lot like the S6. There's been uh, pictures of it that look vaguely, like, like very tiny differences. Like the size is almost the same, the backing is almost the same. Now, it's rumored that uh, the Samsung S7 will be dust and water resistant as the Sony Xperia Z5. And... Uh, now, in some regions, the phone will also have an expanded warranty allowing for replacement of the screen. And some uh, earlier rumors suggested that it has a strong magnesium alloy frame. Now, there are other things that uh, let you know that uh, they have chased uh, or uh, changed some things about it. Uh, first off, the screen is not a change. It is the same 5.1 QHD Super AMOLED display. Now, it's usually a bad thing when they don't add anything to the mix, but in, in, like I guess like the screen wasn't one of the problems that the S6 had. So it's a Super AMOLED screen. Now, what they are adding is something called the Always-On Display. 
Now, a lot of people eat their phone's battery life, apparently, just by turning it on like six or seven or 150 times a day just to check the time. And in doing so, they have to wake up their phone and it starts munching down on power. And uh, apparently the claim is that it's supposed to use less than 1% per hour, and I guess checking your phone for the time uses more, on average. And uh, another thing that they're not changing so much is the storage. It's uh, The standard is the 32 gig. Now they've offered uh, 64 gig and 128 variants in the past, and uh, it seems like it's more than enough. And uh, thanks to the addition of a micro SD card slot in the SIM tray, something that Samsung fans have been crying out for over the last 12 months. Now, while Samsung is claiming the performance of this card will be good, now in the S5 it really slowed down the gallery when you had to load a lot of photos on it, there's a slight surprise here. It's not adoptable. So what does that mean? Well, with Android Marshmallow on board the Galaxy S7, in theory, Samsung could have used the new adoptable storage feature to take that card, encrypt it, and make it part of the internal storage, enabling you to install apps on it and such that you would on the built-in built storage, essentially giving you 288 gigs for, on your phone. Now, now, usually things get bigger and better. Apparently, smaller is better when it comes to the camera. The Samsung Galaxy S7 has a 12 megapixel camera down from the 16 gig in the Galaxy S6. Now, while that may seem like a downgrade, in reality it's a change for the better, thanks to the fact that it will be letting in more light, 25% more thanks to the 56% large pixels being used. I don't know how pixels add up to light since one seems to be software and the other is hardware, but, you know, I'm not the guy reviewing this thing, apparently that's good news. Now, there's also less demand on the processor, as it doesn't have such large, unnecessary file sizes to work with. So, taking pictures is faster, images are sharper, and the autofocus has been hugely improved with dual-pixel sensor technology, offering lightning-quick focusing. It seems to be on par with what Sony's put together in the Xperia range, so, so results should be clearer pics, even in shaky hands. Now, here's a big question. What about the friggin' battery? Well, power-hungry users will be pleased to learn that Samsung has put a lot more effort into the battery pack with the Galaxy S7, boosting it from 2,500 2550 mAh in the S6, which was a reduction from the S5, and the S7 has been boosted to 3,000 mAh. Now, while Samsung doesn't have the best track record when it comes to power management in its phone, the improved power management in Android 6 Marshmallow and more milliamp hours to work with could mean that we finally got a long-lasting Galaxy flagship. Now, what about the operating system? The Galaxy S7 is one of the first Samsung phones to jump to Android 6. Now, it's running on two different chipsets, the Qualcomm 820 CPU and Samsung's own Exynos unit plus 4 gigs of RAM, which means the S7 will be able to handle meaty tasks like stitching together 360-degree video on the fly from a new Gear 360 camera. Both engines are offering a huge amount of power and graphical grunt to make the stuff on the phone's display shine. And then there's the game launcher a sandboxed area where you can store the latest gaming titles you've downloaded and access a suite of tools to improve your gaming experience. Say for the low power games, you can shed frame rate and processing to save battery, and while in-game you can lock the buttons, disable alerts, and even record footage of your gaming experience. So now you can probably do let's plays with your touch, with your touch games 
you know, because we don't have enough Let's Plays on the internet, apparently. Now, it's an idea that when you combine it with the Vulkan API under the surface should yield a powerful gaming experience, although chucking in all that power just doesn't guarantee gaming will get better, but it will be a good test. So, Rich, what are your thoughts on this thing? Does the uh, new S7 seem to have a lot of uh, substantial stuff under the hood, or... Well, it's it's Samsung. They always do. Every single Samsung phone that comes out is full of every gimmick and trick that they can think of to make it sound cool and new. And they always come up with new words and and phrases for things that that make it sound much better and cooler than it really is. And new ways um, to disappoint us. What? And new ways to disappoint us with the end result. Somewhat, for sure. Um, I've I've actually been a pretty big fan of Samsung uh, over the past few years. I've had a Samsung Galaxy Note 2. Uh, my wife has had a couple of Samsung S3s. And I just recently switched from a Samsung Galaxy Mega. Um, so, I mean, I can't really complain. I've, I've been using them for years. I know many people who have them. They're, they're good, decent phones. Um, but a lot of their stuff is kind of gimmick and you don't really need it, especially all the bloatware that, uh, that Samsung seems to put on, um, because all of these different things need software, more software to run it or, you know, have to have apps that can utilize it. And then the more of those that you have, the less memory you have on your phone, the more things that are running in the background, the slower your phone is, which is why I've always been um, a fan, not that I've bought one yet. Um, I've always been a bigger fan of the, like, say, the Samsung S6 uh, Play Edition. The Google Play Editions of many different phones are phenomenally better than their, re quote, regular counterparts that you would get straight from your carrier based on the fact that they are running pretty much a pure vanilla version of Android, meaning that it's just stock Android, just like you would get on a Nexus device. And I've had a couple Nexus devices and they are amazing, not only because they get better uh, update or more updates and faster than most other phones, but also the, the battery life is usually better on them than their carrier counterparts. Um, they're usually a little bit faster than their carrier counterparts. So, you know, this is all great and good once it gets you know, rooted and rommed. I, I don't, I personally would not want a new Samsung phone, another Samsung phone, unless it was, um, you know, a rooted or rommed version, uh, version with CyanogenMod or, uh, an, a, uh, Google play version. However, uh, it is interesting that you say that it has a, um, always on screen because, Hey, Hey, LG G5 is one of my top ones. And this I actually chose because I, like I just said, I switched over to a new phone recently. I got myself a LG G3, uh, which is, I believe it was the 2014 model. Um, and it is an amazing phone. I love this thing. It's really, really good. So I thought, you know, I'd check out the new G5 and see what they've changed because my buddy has a G4, so... I know what that's all about, but the new G5 is basically uh, pretty much the same screen that's on the current one still. So it's a 5.3 inch quad HD 2560 by 1440 screen, which is pretty much like two and a half K. Like you're on your way to 4K here. Like I have this on my phone and if you download 4K videos from the Internet, like they look absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, they have a it has a fingerprint scanner 
uh, on the back, which doubles as your power button, a 2,800 milliamp battery, which is pretty damn good. That should last you quite a while. And on the back is a little bit of a weird thing. Um, it's got a dual camera, which you don't see very often. It has a 16 megapixel camera on one side or on like, you know, the left or the right or whatever. Uh, and then next to that, it has an eight megapixel wide angle view camera that gives you up to 135 degree angle um view or picture that it can take which is um very interesting now the pretty much the most interesting part about this which is actually the reason why i immediately jumped on making it one of my top five because i'm not big on just hey let's just do a whole show talking about cell phones although we may just do that but i picked some cell phones that were a little different the thing that makes this lg g5 different from the rest is the fact that you can buy friends for it on the new LG G5, it has a, quote, chin on the bottom. There's a little bulge on the bottom of the phone, uh, right at the bottom of the screen. And if you hit the little button on the side of the screen, you can actually remove the bottom piece or the chin of the phone, and it pulls out the battery with it. Now, in doing this, they actually opened up the phone to be upgradable. So you can now take the bottom part of this phone out and add in new accessories, new parts, bigger batteries, all these different accessories that they are going to be releasing. Uh, a couple of the ones that they have at Mobile World Congress were the um, camera grip, which is a bit, it's a, a grip, you know, so it's a bit beefier, makes the uh, one end of the phone uh, opposite end of the cameras, obviously, a little bit thicker so that you can handle it a little better. Also has a dedicated um, capture um, dedicated capture button and a dedicated video button, as well as a zoom dial on the corner. Not a button, not a swipe, not a touch screen, a physical dial. Thank you, LG. Thank you. Some of us still prefer a little analog in our lives. Is it uh, waterproof, water resistant like the uh, S7 or is that an exclusive? No, no, that is, uh, well, it's not exclusive to them, but no, it's, it is, from what I've seen, it is not uh, waterproof or anything. Uh, one of the other um, add-ons that you can get, and uh, Mike, I actually thought of you uh, and some of your past stories that you love so much. It comes you with can... a bottle holder? Close, I guess. Uh, no, it comes with a fantastic, overly unneeded um, Bang & Olufsen um, audio attachment that basically turns it into a hi-fi audio system with 32-bit hi-fi audio with a bunch of acronyms that I didn't understand or know what they meant. But it pretty much just turns it into a Bang & Olufsen stereo. Like, it comes with a second... Um, 3.5 millimeter jack on the bottom when there's already the built-in one on the top. And that is because this unit has its own audio chips so that the music coming out of it will be at a much higher quality. Um, obviously, it's Bang & Olsen. So when you hook this up to, uh, you know, your home stereo or something or your car stereo, the music is going to sound a lot better, like infinitely better. So I thought that that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting, as well as the fact that with, uh, with these friends, quote unquote, they usually come with extended batteries as well. So for instance, the camera grip comes with a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, which is one of the highest that you can pretty much get out there stock on any phone. You would, you would not need to charge your phone for like two days if you had that. 
even if you were checking the phone all the time, which you don't need to because it too has a, uh, you know, forever on screen, as it were. Some of the other um, devices that they released that I will just mention quickly are a LG 360 cam, copying again, I guess. It seems to be a big thing these days. Uh, the USB-C head-mounted display, which is basically just a pair of glasses that have an LCD screen on each eye, kind of a, a pseudo-VR kit, I guess, for it. Uh, and finally, a rolling robot that kind of looks like a larger version of Sphero, um, except instead of uh, Sphero having that little top piece, or not Sphero, BB-8 having that top piece, it's actually got a piece in the middle uh, that stays there the whole time, and that's because there's a camera, speakers, and a laser pointer embedded in the middle of this while the sides turn to make it roll and move around. Um, I guess they want it to be a friend for your pet, I guess, for your cat. You can have it roll around and point lasers all over the walls. Uh, I just, I, I think that uh, having an upgradable phone, uh, being able to take apart the phone and, you know, go out and buy p other pieces, like you're like, hey, you know what? I need a better camera because I'm going on a crazy vacation. I just spent, you know, $5,000 because I'm going to the Galapagos or whatever. You know, I'm going to the most beautiful place in the world. I want to upgrade my camera. Boom, pull out the bottom of your phone, put on a new bottom of the phone that costs you $200 at the store, $300, and now you've got a phone that's 10 times better than it was for pictures or whatever it may be. So I think that's really cool. Uh, do you have anything in that respect? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I saw something by Google called Project Ara, which was supposed to be a modular phone. However, it did not get any announcements because they are still busy making stuff. So the big announcement was there will be an announcement later. <laughs> but there is someone that did beat them to the punch uh, last year, in fact, and it was called Foncraft. And it says, while many people have been waiting for Google to finally release Project Ara, the modular smartphone you can build yourself, it was beaten by the relatively unknown Foncraft handset. And uh, now, such as you can swap out or add some batteries. Son of a... <laughs> okay, well, just being a smartass. And since you're probably hearing my, uh, my Skype... Yeah, you can just cut that part out too, Rich. <laughs> or we can just leave it in and let everyone know that you're an antagonistic asshole. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging him on Skype and messing with him while he's trying to talk. <laughs> okay, so it was, it was called Foncraft and it beat Project <laughs> Now, uh, there was an Indiegogo page for it, but uh, I haven't bothered looking into it. But the cool thing is, is that you can stack an additional... 3100 milliamp hour battery alongside a smaller mini battery. So how friggin' awesome is that? Well, it's I saw, I, I've actually um, seen some of the videos that they were doing for Project Ara over the past couple of years, and it's actually a really interesting concept. Basically, what you would do is you would go out and say, like, it all depends on what you want out of your phone. You can basically choose each individual part of your phone and then piece it together later. So if you want a big screen or a little screen, a, 
you know, a really uh, like, do you want a 4K screen or do you not even care about having a 1080p screen? You just want a 720 or just the cheapest screen you can get because you don't give a crap. Do you want a fast processor, slow processor, a good camera, a bad camera? Like, do these things even matter? Do you even need a camera? Do you need this? Do you need that? And you can piece together your own phone however you want and put it together. And I think that that is a freaking brilliant idea that will probably never go anywhere because if something like this were to go somewhere, as as much as I think that it would be great for certain um, businesses, industries, and companies because people will always be buying new upgrades um, and selling the old ones, uh, you know, on Kijiji or Amazon or eBay. So, you know, somebody somewhere is making money off of the secondhand sale as well. And the firsthand sale will always be there because people will always want to upgrade at the same time. The companies that are out there now, like Apple and Samsung, don't want to give you a choice in a, in a sense. They want you to just buy their product that is amazing. They want you to buy the new S7. They want you to buy the new, you know, Apple iPhone 7 S C colorful, crappy piece of crap thing that they release, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't think that something like this will go somewhere, but I really do love the concept of it. I just think that it would be great uh, because of environmental issues. Like how many, like we've seen like what happens to phones, like they get sent to India to be disassembled and like people die of friggin' mercury poisoning because they're handling circuit boards and breaking apart AMOLEDs and shit like that. So, you know, it would just be more environmentally sound to have phones that you can reuse and upgrade instead of buying, instead of spending $700 on a fucking phone, you can just spend two hundred dollars on the part you want—a better battery. You can spend a hundred and twenty bucks on the better camera. You can spend a hundred and forty bucks on just the extra storage space instead of lamenting or not getting the phone you want because it's only got the one thing you want and six things you don't need. Now you can get the one thing you need. It's just like friggin' iTunes for phones. Instead of exactly. buying the entire friggin' album, now you can just buy the single. Exactly. And speaking of um, interesting and weird phones, there's one, there's one final PS to the uh, to the Foncraft modular smart. I clicked the Indiegogo page, and it says that it I got nothing on the page, and it says that it's under review by the trust and safety team. So oh, wow, so, so much for Foncraft. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, well, speaking of fun and interesting phones and ones that are waterproof. Um, the, so the company Cat, you know, with the big yellow letters and you see them all the time, they make... Uh, Is that the tabby that runs around the office? No, the um, excavator that excavated your house. Oh, the construction company, like with the Caterpillar? Yes, yes. So for some reason, they now have their own phone, or at least it's branded with their... Um, company name anyway so this phone is called the cat s60 and is a rugged uh, phone it exceeds military specifications it can I wanted a phone that can help me dig up the yard well not everything's about you <laughs> but it ex <laughs> it can withstand a drop from up to 1.8 meters straight onto concrete uh, it is waterproof dustproof and here's the interesting part of it, other than the fact that they say for somehow it's the world's most waterproof phone. Um, it actually has a thermal imaging camera. 
on the back of it instead of a regular camera. Now with this thermal imaging camera, they state that uh, it will be useful for such tasks as um, detecting heat loss around windows, detecting, uh, detecting moisture, uh, finding overheating appliances and circuitry, and seeing in complete darkness with your phone. That's right, your phone is now your own night vision goggles. Uh, it has a suggested price of $600, and obviously this will be very handy for the trade industry. Um, but just in general, like, that's really cool. Like, I can imagine, to, depending on how far you're able to take this underwater, I can actually see this being really useful and cool underwater to, say, um, for uh, more more amateur-style uh, uh, geologists or whatever who want to go underwater and say look at underwater volcanoes and stuff they would be able to take a phone like this that cost them six hundred dollars and be able to use the thermo thermal imaging uh, camera on this and get really interesting um, you know uh, information and details or whatever images on you know underwater volcanoes instead of going out and getting themselves a three thousand dollar camera then this will now make things more open to people yeah, and the most practical part of it to the layman is that you can actually use your phone when it's raining. That's true. Not to mention the fact that in the winter up here in Canada, like, you know how much I would love to be able to take my camera and point it at my windows and see which one is leaking? Like, damn, man, heat costs a lot to, to, to you know, heat the house, like energy. Like, especially if you've got electric heat. Yeah, like change your music and everything uh, when you're outside. Like it's bad enough you're freezing your hands off. Now you got to worry about snow melting and getting in your speaker, and <laughs> it's, it's been a problem. Although I can just imagine the Verizon guy walking into the ocean going. <laughs> somebody should do that, please. Somebody on YouTube do that, <laughs> parody just, that. Just drown the Verizon guy. Just, just fucking straight up murder him in water. We here at Geek Follow do not endorse anybody murdering any Verizon employees unless the sponsorship deal goes through in which case fuck them hmm? <laughs> if the sponsorship deal goes through then fuck them you mean doesn't go through i said that the first time but then you weren't listening i was listening i uh, lied uh, you're not listening because it's your turn motherfucker okay well well water is one way to stop a uh, your phone from overheating <laughs> hey it can't heat up if it can't turn on right it's true well Fujitsu has provided an answer to uh, phones overheating now. I don't know if you followed up on the uh, the Snapdragon 810 debacle. Have you heard about it? No, but that worries me because I think I might have an 810 in my phone. It's either an 810 or an 801 Snapdragon that I have in my phone right now, I believe. Now, well, essentially it wastes a shit ton of your uh, power because it converts, instead of electricity, it converts it to heat. So if you want to have a hand warmer instead of a phone, get something with a Snapdragon 810 in it. Well, now, that would make sense because my phone gets awfully freaking hot. Then congratulations, you're the owner of a Snapdragon 810. <laughs> now, Fujitsu has provided an answer in the form of a loop heat pipe, which is a tiny device full of liquid coolant. It's evaporated by the heat, and the energy required to do that is in turn taken away from the heat source, cooling your smartphone down. Now, as the heat from the source powers the system, it doesn't increase energy consumption, so it shouldn't affect battery life. Now, that sounds all well and good, except uh, manufacturers have no ha will have to implement it into their devices first. 
And I would like to find some way to take that excess heat and instead of just nullifying it, how about either putting it back into the phone to extend the life of your damn battery? You know, convert that heat back to energy rather than just uh, destroying it. But anyway, that's a uh, heat sink for phones. Now, uh, there wasn't that much to go on, but there was uh, one other thing we were talking about battery life. You know, so just can, if your phone is heating your phone instead of just powering it. Well, uh, researchers at Stanford have made a crucial breakthrough thanks to one thing, aluminum. Now, compared with the, the lithium-ion options that we have today, the aluminum-ion batteries are cheaper, safer, more flexible, and longer-lasting. And two of them can charge a smartphone in as little as a minute. Now, aluminum has high energy storage capacity, low flammability, and low cost. And by combining it with metal graphite, with graphite cathodes, the scientists made viable batteries. And they have a low chance of catching fire or exploding since they use a liquid electrolyte the new batteries can take the form of a liquid-filled pouch, which makes it bendable. But although they can last for thousands of more charge cycles than lithium batteries and charge fully in a fraction of the time, the aluminum batteries have a fatal flaw. The scientists have yet to work out how to make them produce enough voltage to be practical. But, you know, it's in its early phase, but having uh, flexible batteries is going to be... Uh, it's definitely a thing, because something else was announced... And, uh, do you have any wearables in your house? Like, uh, you know, just clothes with electrical devices in them? Uh, no, I used to have a smartwatch. Well, something is on the, uh, the horizon. South Korean innovator Gen X in unveiled a flexible battery at the Wearable Expo in Japan. Now, it's not the, uh, now, you may wonder, what does this have to do with phones? Well... Now they're making bendable phones, which we I will talk about in a while. But then, like, you'd have to wonder, like, well, how do you bend the phone without bending the battery? Now you can have a bendable battery. And it uses metal fiber technology, which means it can be reshaped about a million times in its life cycle. And now the thing is, if you can strap this battery into the strap of a smartwatch rather than putting it all in the head of the watch, you could give it six times the capacity currently available. Wow. So think of that. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yep. I like that, except for the fact that why do we need bendable phones? I really don't understand it. I don't understand bendable TVs. I don't understand... Ben I understand bendable LCDs. Like, having... If they can somehow make my... You know, like, the daily newspaper just something that you buy at the store, and then every day it gets updated to a new newspaper. Like, and you bend it or something. Like, I guess I understand that in a certain sense. And yeah, maybe there's applications, like, for... If you're a dad from the 50s, try beating your dog with a tablet. No, it just doesn't make sense. Well, it just, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand why we need bendable um, screens of any kind. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, certainly give it some give so that when I sit on it with my fat ass, I'm not going to break it. But at the same time, like, why do I need to fold my phone in half? Why? Well, That's a waste of human resources and money and time and who the fuck needs that? You can please somebody somebody who's listening. Please, <laughs> if you can think of an actual practical application that you would need, not want, not be useful, that you would need something like this for, please post it to our Facebook page. I want to know. I need to know. Please think I, of something. Prove me wrong. I think Tell me this isn't dumb. 
you could put it in the arm if you could convert it you could like sew that phone into the arm of your shirt so that you could like like when you bend your arm you wouldn't be bending your phone yeah but again what do you need that there for uh you could also stuff your phone into your wallet again what do you need that for Say you don't want to carry a phone. Now you That's a want, not a need. I am saying a practical application that is needed, not wanted, not, not necessarily just, hey, that would be useful, but that is actually needed by humanity. Well, they'd be more durable. They would definitely be more durable, so they'd suffer less abuse, less cracked screens. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, make it like give give the phone some give. Let them bend a little bit. But nobody needs to be able to bend their freaking phone in half. It doesn't make any sense. Now, now this may answer some of your questions or completely validate your question. It says with a bendable with a bendable phone, readers could quickly thumb through books, feeling for highlighted passages or dog-eared pages. The bendy phone could also help drivers keep their eyes on the road, making it possible to feel turn-by-turn directions, essentially making your no. rail. No. <laughs> it's like Angry Birds. No, that's, is, so is it a bendable phone, or is it a phone that gives itself protrusions, or, or like does it go concave in certain areas? Like Does it make itself bumpy or whatever? Because if it just bends... You're not going to feel the turn-by-turn direction just because it's bending. I know. I, I don't know. But is it going to bend left? I know. It says, How does the phone bend itself? That's retarded. These people are high. That's what the article said. It said, with a bendable phone, readers could thumb through books feeling for dog-eared pages. It didn't say anything. In- See, again, what, how are you supposed to feel for a dog-eared page if your phone only would technically have one dog ear page. If you bent your the top of your phone to make a dog ear page, you only have one page, which then negates the whole purpose of searching for dog-eared pages because there is only one, so you don't need to search for it. These people are dumb and high. It's and you frustrating. Can, and you can only relate to one of those things. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, on to bigger and brighter. And I mean that literally. Uh so Kira Sira, Cairo, Kyo, Kyo, Kyo. Spelling it, and I'll tell you how to say it. K Y O C E R A, Kyo Sira. Kyo Sira, ha ha. Um. Except- anyway, they have recently come up with a phone that actually has an interesting screen that is different, and that is because the screen itself is a solar panel. <gasps> that charges the phone, Mike. I knew you would love this. Ooh, I yeah. love so this phone uses what is called a uh, we- Y-SIPS crystal layer panel, um, which is basically a transparent photovoltaic layer on top of or underneath the digitizer, I believe. It could be underneath the LCD. They didn't say that. They just said on top of the touchscreen. So I'm assuming that means the digitizer. Um, basically, this is a, and, and uh, YSIP actually stands for what you see is photovolic surface. It is produced by a company called Sun Partner, which uh, Kyocera has uh, partnered with. And they actually make YSIP screens for any devices from three inches to thirteen inches, which basically would be able to, so I, and I think if you're going to do this, the best place to start. Screw a phone. Why aren't you doing this with? Uh, no, not even a tablet. If it's three to thirteen inch, uh, uh, a smartwatch, 
Why aren't you doing this with a smartwatch? That is the best, or, or a fitness tracker. That is the best place to have something like this, or, or even better yet, an ebook reader. Because of the fact that, especially right now, um, the YSIP can only charge at a peak of five milliwatt peak per centimeter squared, at least that, or per, per cm squared. I'm sure that's not actually centimeter squared. Oh, yeah, I guess it is because of the size of the screen. Um, but it's five, five milliwatts peak per hour, I believe it is. So that's not a whole lot, but they say that they're going to be able to double that within the next uh, few months. So I think that uh, this is definitely something to keep an eye on. And I mean, while while they say that the phone can't, like, while you're using it, it's not necessarily going to charge if you're actually using the phone. Um, but it will offset the time between charges, especially if you're in a very sunny place. Picture yourself in the desert, nowhere near a charger. Picture, uh, an, uh, you know, somebody in a, you know, third world village or country where they don't have um, all day access to power and they have to share certain outlets or whatever, share the power between an entire village or neighborhood or whatever, something like this could go a long way to helping people stay connected longer, which is always a good thing for the um, prosperity of our species, as far as I'm concerned, because the more people have access to the internet, the more people have access to instant communication, the more ideas can flow, and the more we as a species can grow and evolve. Boom. You done your, you done your little TED talk? Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a R-squared production. <laughs> oh, you got your own branding. Cool. I've had that for years. So I think it would be cool like if they could have like a little uh, cable, like a little USB cable coming out that, you know, if you did have your phone in standby mode, once it's full, then it could charge like a portable power bank or something. You know, like keep keep yeah seeing solar energy mm -hmm. well this is just a concept right now they aren't actually planning on producing this specific phone it was more of a proof of concept Great. to say okay. hey look look what we can actually do um because kyocera um is actually like they've positioned themselves in the industry as being the maker of waterproof phones dustproof phones rugged phones drop proof phones military phones you know, like they make the, they try and make the more rough and tough phones out there. So, you know, them saying that, hey, look, this is something that we are now able to do. We've proved that we can do it. Watch what we're going to do over the next couple of years is really impressive because if they can do that, that's great. And not only that, but this actually shines a light. Ha, you get it? <laughs> shines a light on uh, the, their partner, Sun Partner. Um, and the more companies know about this specific company that actually makes the panel that makes this possible, um, the more products we're going to be able to see with this in it. And like I said, the perfect place for it is on, as, as far as I'm concerned, is on a, um, a smartwatch, a Fitbit, you know, um, stuff like, like any, any smart device, any wearables, actually, any wearable that has a screen would definitely benefit from something like this for sure and ebooks as well because ebooks don't use a lot of power as it is so you know that'd be great yep well my final uh my final product is the world's smallest fuel cell charger and it powers your phone with salt water because 
we're not done talking about saltwater energy. It's made its way to the MWC 2016. And it was made by a group called MyFC. And it's called the Jack Fuel Cell Charger. And it's the world's smallest charger of its type. It got its European debut. Offers up speedy phone charging without the need to ever go near a plug socket. Jack, that's because Jack powers itself with the help of its own power card, which is made out of salt and water. Stick this in the charger, and by some chemical magic, hydrogen is created, and your charging can begin. And it'll charge your phone in the same time as a normal power outlet. Now, my FC promises not only is the chemical reaction completely safe, it's also completely environmentally friendly. Now, I've seen a picture of it next to a cell phone, and they are roughly the same size. Hmm. It says there's no release date for it, but they've put it up for pre-order, where you can sign up to have power cards sent to you on a subscription basis. Now, how friggin' amazing is that? I really like that. What's that called again? It's called the Jack, with a Q, Fuel Cell Charger. Hmm. That's really interesting, actually. I... I, I really like the uh, the sounds of that um, I've seen other fuel cell chargers before on um, I think it was uh, the twit network uh, when they did uh, oh what was it um, before you buy on twit network did a camping gear a few camping gear style episodes and uh, had a couple of different power sources that you could use while out in the bush. Um, and one of them was a portable fuel cell that you bought little fuel cells for this fuel cell uh, charger. Uh, you, like you buy the chemical part of it or whatever from them, you get little pods and then you insert it into the charger itself and then it becomes active for whatever it is, 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that. But the problem with um, uh, at least the ones that I saw is, you know, once once that chemical reaction runs out, there's no more power, at least in the ones that I saw. Like, it didn't have a built-in uh, battery bank. So any power that you're not using to charge or power something would be lost. So that was definitely a minus. Um, but the more the more things that we can do with fuel cells, the better, right? Like, fuel cells are, are amazing. So, you know, I'm all for it, for sure. And um, it actually looks pretty cool, too. I'm just looking at a picture here. Yeah, you're right. It's... Uh, it almost looks exactly the same size as a cell phone, um, which is interesting. But at the same time, that's really big for a charger. Like people who bring, uh, who buy uh, mobile battery banks a lot of the time, they're usually fairly small or like or too huge. The old original MP3 players. What? Yeah, the ones I've seen before were like, uh, they were either like... Uh, like a tiny flashlight or like the about the same size as a tube of lipstick? Yeah, like a little bit bigger than that sort of thing. Yeah, usually uh, around uh, uh, one to 3,000 milliamps are, is, is in that size uh, or in that range of size devices. Um, I used to have a 2,000 milliamp bank that was probably about the size of a stack of cards. Um, and that was, or no, it was about 2,500, I think it was. Or something like that, but that was yeah. I love uh, mobile battery banks. They are a handy thing to have around, and um, something like this would definitely make it a little more environmentally friendly. I guess so. Yeah, I like that for sure. Um, and I have no segue for this. So uh, Sony uh, released a whole lot of fun 
at uh, Mobile World Congress now, while I am not going to talk about their new Xperia Blank cell phone that I'm sure they probably released. I didn't even really look it up. Um, lost her name. <laughs> they did. They did actually release a few um, ex- quote accessory products or um, life products, as uh, if you will. Uh, and one of them was called the Xperia Agent. Now, I don't have a whole lot of information on the actual hardware specifications on this. It's more of just what it is. And it's, um, Mike, have you heard of the the Amazon Echo? Uh, let's just say I did, but refresh my memory. Um, basically, it's a product brought out by Amazon where you are able to ask it pretty much anything you want, anything that begins with the word Alexa. So you could say, Alexa, give me a recipe for oatmeal cookies. Alexa, order me more toilet paper off of Amazon. Alexa, what's the new, what are the best movies, best rated movies on Amazon Prime right now? You don't always have to say Amazon, but you can ask it many, many different things. It's a personal assistant. Um, And it's a helper, and it has become more and more popular as they've been updating device. Now, Sony wants to get in on this game, and they want to kick Amazon's ass at this. Um, Basically, right out the gate, they're already looking much better because this isn't just a little speaker stand. It's not just a little cylinder. It actually has eyes. It looks at you. It swivels. It moves. It talks. It judges. Um, It just might um but uh it's actually pretty cute if you like uh you know robots i guess uh so you call it agent it's i guess um they didn't really say how you communicate with it because unfortunately uh the few videos that i was watching and the uh article i read said that they turned off the um uh, like being able to talk to it and it talking back at Mobile World Congress because of all of the background noise and how loud it was there. But basically what they want it to be is a omnipresent watchdog slash butler slash slash executive assistant. This is basically going to be hooked up to your device, um, you know, your cell phone, whether it be an Xperia or not, uh, as well as your Google account, your Sony account, your whichever accounts you want to hook up to it. And thus it will know, you know, a lot of different things about you. It will know all the phone calls you're getting, the phone calls you're missing, the text messages. It'll know birthdays, the next date you have in your agenda, this, that. It'll know all this stuff about you. You will be able to communicate with it, use it as a virtual assistant. It also has a projector on the front. Uh, I believe it's a Pico projector. Um, and it can project uh, an image. Say you're getting a phone call. It'll project an, a circular image of... Uh, the person's face, the thumbnail that you have in your phone of them, as well as a, you know, a calling icon or a phone icon stating that they're calling um, to get your attention. It can turn on lights for you. It can uh, hook into all the different uh, aspects of a smart home, supposedly. So essentially so, it's Jarvis. Yes, pretty much. This is a very early version of Jarvis. And if you've listened to the show before, you'll realize this isn't a first. I've talked about uh, Emo Spark. Uh, as well as some others uh, before, I believe one of them actually was called Jarvis. But this is really interesting because this is one of the first ones that's been brought out by one of the big mobile companies. So this has a lot of push behind it. It's got a lot of dollars behind it. It's got a lot of advertising behind it. So having something like this that not only can do everything that the Amazon Echo can in the sense of, hey, what's the weather? You know, what's my next appointment? Text my mom, I'm going to be late, whatever it is. 
Um, it's also going to be able to um, acknowledge you. It's going. It has uh, cameras. Um, it can record for you. Like I said, it can hook up to all these different things in your house. So it's going to be able to do so much for you. And as well as the fact that you can actually hook it up with some of their other devices that they released. Uh, one of them was an earpiece, I guess, which basically just looks like a Bluetooth earpiece. But I guess you don't need your phone or something. I just watched it in a video and the person just put it in their ear first thing in the morning. And I guess Xperia agent just started talking to him as soon as they put it in their ear. It was like, good morning. How are you? You have two missed calls, one email. The weather is going to be this traffic is like this on your way to work. So it's kind of like your own personal quote news reporter for your life in the morning as you missed it. So all of these things basically combine, like I said, to make a Butler assistant watchdog for you, which I think is pretty damn cool. Well, yeah, it's great if you, live alone although if you have like a family around then i'm pretty sure there's going to be a whole lot of uh wonderful little confusion when well it would be able to, it would probably be able to recognize you a by the device that's in the room because of bluetooth and or um, nearby wi-fi signals it would be able to see which which one is connected to which hub or which device in which room and bluetooth um NFC, all this sort of stuff. And on top of that, it, because it has cameras, multiple cameras in it, it would also be able to see your shape, know your voice. So it would be able to know who is talking to it and be able to establish an account for a specific voice pattern. Oh, yeah. I still think like, you get distracted when you're trying to tell it, like, like agent, tell me the, put that freaking thing down. Searching for, put that down. Put that thing back where it came from. Boom, boom, boom. Put that thing back where it came from. <laughs> um, now, I think that one of the one of the really downsides to this would actually be, and this is you actually just made me think of this. <laughs> if say you were trying to hide something from your significant other, like say an affair, and all of a sudden, Xperia agent says Trixie is calling. Hey, baby, how are you doing? Or new message from Trixie. Text. Hey, baby, can't wait to see you. Then it hooks up the text, hooks up the the sext image to the TV. and Yeah, the projector, or uses the projector and projects it right onto the wall. <laughs> oh, Meredith, I swear, nothing's going on. It must be a wrong number. Oh! When did you turn into Don Knotts? Uh, when one of our admins on our Geek Follow Productions page posted that he died today. Did you know that Don Knotts died today? Today? Today. I thought he died a long time ago, actually. He did, in 2006. Yeah. So, way to go to that admin who will remain anonymous. <laughs> it was not me. I will tell you straight up. It what? is also the same person that posted that Leslie Nielsen died a few weeks ago. Yeah, and a few years, too. Yes. Some, some admin learn, needs to learn how to fucking count. That's Andy Griffith, not Don Knotts. Whatever. Uh, all right, do you, so you said you were all done? Oh, yeah, but now I've got a good Don Knotts impression. <laughs> uh, so, all right, well, the, the swear, last... Uh, where that image came from? I mean, I, I don't know how she knew I got that mole on my testicle. It's, it's just not right. I mean, I, who doesn't have that? Come on. <laughs> uh, the last item that I have here for my top mobile world uh, congress devices or products um, actually wasn't officially announced for the first time at mobile world congress but they did have it there again this year um, or they had it there this year i should say 
and uh, released some more information on it as well as saying that, hey, it's coming soon. Don't forget about us. And this is the Fudini. Have you heard about the Fudini, Mike? I saw a brief article on it and it looks friggin' sweet. So basically what this is, is a 3D food printer. So it basically comes with empty food capsules that uh, you fill with your own um, fresh produce or meat or spices. And that is really what um, the CEO is pushing. I watched a little video of the CEO of this company, um, you know, doing a promo on it. And she was uh, saying, you know, it's all about having fresh food and you know, we as a society these days have lost the desire to, you know, sit in the kitchen and make these wonderful meals, which a lot of us have for sure. Um, Facebook, and the Facebook videos that keep showing up on my mom's feed would disagree. That's true. It's full I, of I, these second videos. Like, look what I'm doing. Taking this, taking that. Taking that. Hey, look at that. You don't even have to make these brownies. Look at that. It's, it's ready, sir. Throw it in your crock pot. <laughs> uh, but basically, this, this, prints your videos or sorry prints your videos it prints your food so um one of the videos that it was showing was it printed out a pizza um however you do need to be ready to wait from what i understand this is extremely slow however on the plus side this is our our first real advancement towards replicators replicator technology thank you number one um I just I, I really think that this is a great first start, a step in the right direction. Uh, it's a uh, one one s- slow pizza for me and one giant recipe for mankind <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, but I, I really thought that this was interesting. It's it's not something that we really need to delve into or talk about, but I think it's it's something that. Uh, that it, that is worth keeping an eye on over the next few years um, as 3D printers and food 3D printers, as it were, become more prevalent in society, uh, cheaper, easier to get, easier to find, easier to use, faster, smaller, better, you know, better, faster, stronger. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. So, uh, Mike, where can we find you? Well, you can find me here on this uh, show. And, well, if I can keep my damn mixer under control, <laughs> uh, you can find me on this uh, show. You can find me on the Hear Me Aurora podcast. You can also available on this network. And you can hear me on the Playing With Power podcast. That's my own personal podcast, my little baby. We read Nintendo Power magazine. We, uh, we rant, rave, review just dissect the uh, the artwork, the game coverage, the letters to the editor, the classified information. We talk about all the amazing goodies of this uh, the seminal magazine that made games beatable before the internet came along. It's a me, my king. <laughs> and uh, yep, that seems to be uh, it for me. What about you, Rich? Uh, well, you can find me here on Technobabble. I also host uh, our newest show called Screenin', which is basically all about uh, movies, television, movie news, TV news. We just, we're, we're going to do a whole lot. We're going to have a whole lot of fun on that show. Um, and I'm basically bringing in people from all over the network for this show. Like me? Um, yeah, maybe someday. I was, you know, what do you mean someday? I was already we'll Oh yeah, that's right. That travesty. 
I mean, I mean that episode that was Deadpool. That's right. Yes. Uh, so you can find me on Screenin' on Technobabble. I also occasionally go on to Geek Fallout, the comic book episodes, Geek Fallout Prime, which is our old school Geek Fallout original series, which is uh, few and far between, but still um, near and dear to my heart. You can also find me at Reesh underscore 613 on Twitter. I help to run the Geek Fallout Productions Facebook page. And I'm sure there will be more to come, but for now, that's it. Thank you very much, and it is now safe to power off your device. This show was brought to you by Geek Follow Productions in association with the Atomic Geeks Broadcasting Network.